Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Morning shot. A very good morning to you. This is Morning Shot. I'm Nin Lee. Now, most of us make plans for our future. Well, that could come in many forms, such as saving up emergency funds for rainy days or even planning out overseas trips for retirement. But have you thought about making plans for yourself and your loved ones in the event you lose your mental capacity? Well, you can do that by making a lasting power of attorney or LPA to grant an appointed person legal powers over the management of your finances and property should something untoward happen to you. That's one key area the Social and Family Development Ministry, Health Ministry as well as the Public Service Division are trying to drive through their inaugural pre-planning campaign, which was just launched over the weekend. For more insights into being prepared for the unknown or unexpected, we're joined by a family lawyer, Noreliza Shahidin, director at FND Legal. Very good morning to you, Noreliza. Good morning to everyone. Uh, thank you for having me. Welcome to the show. So in your line of work, you must deal with many such cases. Could you share some examples that could help us make sense of why making an LPA is so important? Well, the LPA is super important, in fact, um, because it's actually a legal document that comes into effect when a person loses mental capacity. So basically, when you prepare a, an LPA, you get to choose and uh, select who you want to take care of you in the event you lose mental capacity. So based on uh, experience in my line of work, mm-hmm. I have done, um, in fact, one case which was very unfortunate because it was a very healthy lady. Mm-hmm. She was at work. Everything was fine. One fine day, she just um, collapsed at work. Her family was super concerned. She got hospitalized and subsequently, the doctor said that she's, she was suffering from some neurology um, illness, which resulted in her losing mental capacity. Mm-hmm. And thereafter, because she didn't uh, make any LPA and she was a single lady, they had to come to me to seek legal advice and also to apply to court for a deputyship order. So that is something that can actually happen to anyone because, as you know, life is actually unpredictable. And most of the time, in fact, if you ask me, I would actually recommend my clients to, to prepare their LPA just mm-hmm. like, you know, whenever they need to, they would buy insurance for themselves. Okay. So what goes into you know, making an LPA? What are some of the common misconceptions you come across? Well, a lasting power of attorney is actually similar to another document called a power of attorney. Mm-hmm. So people actually confuse that as something that would come effect immediately. But the fact of the matter is that this would actually come into effect only when a person loses mental capacity and a doctor has actually certified it. So okay. it's not something that once you sign it, then tomorrow immediately it comes into effect. No, it doesn't. Are there other misconceptions that you, you might have encountered before? Mm, another one, of course, uh, they have this misconception that whoever that they have appointed could actually misuse mm. their funds ah. uh, to actually benefit themselves. So that is something that one of the more popular, in fact, and you know, the older generation, they are very, very scared of because to them it's like, oh, I have already lost mental capacity. How would I know this person is really going to use the money to take care of me instead of spending it on themselves to buy expensive tea? TVs, mm, go on expensive properties. Mm, mm. So these are things that actually uh, the government has set up a lot of uh, gatekeeping in place to ensure that whoever has been appointed would account to the Office of Public Guardian every year in terms of how the money is spent, how much uh, money is being spent on and what is it mainly used for. 
Okay, we sometimes hear you know, about the older generation, as you were talking about, um, being superstitious about pre-planning, not wanting to think about the untoward. Has that mindset changed at all? You know, do you see more older people you know, making LPAs? I would say that pre-COVID, uh, this mindset was definitely there. However, because of COVID, it has actually the mindset would have actually shifted quite a fair bit, because they realised that uh, life perhaps is uh, much more vulnerable than it seems to be. And because of that, post-COVID, with all these initiatives coming on board, they are actually coming forward to seek legal advice with regards to even estate planning, and that would also include the LPA. So there are a lot of shifts right now and most of them are really, in fact, regardless of age, in fact, most of them are really coming forward to do their LPA and getting rid of that superstitious mindset. The question is, how early exactly can or should we be making our LPAs? Obviously, there is no correct time for it. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever you have the time, I believe you should, in fact, get it done as soon as possible. As early as possible, uh, okay. Yes, Okay, tapping on the fact that you are an LPA certificate issuer, what's the easiest way to go about making an LPA? Well, recently, in fact, as of last year, November, the Office of Public Guardian actually launched the online portal to you know, encourage even more people to um, submit their LPA. Mm-hmm. So the easiest way to do so, I would say, is actually this online portal because mm. it's super convenient. As long as you have your SingPass on your phone, at any point of time, you can just log in, have an LPA draft prepared, or even if your LPA has already been submitted, you can even see the document on your phone. So we understand that certification, typically priced between $25 and $300, is also waived now. Yes, this part is actually dependent on which maybe legal firm or doctors mm, that you're, you're going towards. So mm. sometimes we have events that are being uh, hosted at the community centres. Mm-hmm. Like recently on Saturday and Sunday at our Tampines Hub, they had this mm-hmm. event mm-hmm. where certificate issuers actually came forward to volunteer and assist most of the senior citizens, in fact, with the certifying of the LPA. So in those kind of situations, most of the time is actually waived. I see. So can you let us in on what kind of processes people should expect when making an LPA? Well, at the very least, they need to have the full name and IC number of the person they are appointing as the donee to fill in the details online. And also, they, the donee has to be notified as well. And they must agree to be appointed as uh, one of the donees that they uh, that that is going to be included inside the LPA. Hmm. So once they have it all on standby and whoever is submitting the LPA, they can actually just notify the donee and they can log in using their SingPass to confirm that they agree to it. Speaking of that, what sort of considerations should be involved when deciding who to appoint? And must that necessarily be a family member? And can that be changed along the way if you know you change your mind or if circumstances change? So when you are preparing an LPA, it's always two categories you need to consider first. The very first one is actually personal welfare. Mm -hmm. Who is going to take care of you? Who's going to take you to the doctors? Where are you going to stay? These are all factors that will 
play a part when you are appointing someone as your donee. And the second category would be your property and affairs. Who is going to manage your assets? Um, how the monies are going to be spent? And how should it, uh, the monthly expenses, how should it be managed? So these two categories actually play a part as to how and who you should appoint. It is not compulsory for you to always select family members. It can be anyone that you truly trust in managing your affairs in the event you lose mental capacity. Mm. And of course, uh, if you do change your mind along the way or there's someone else that you have in mind, you can actually proceed to amend or rather revoke the LPA that has already been registered for a fee mm. that needs to be paid to the Office of Public Guardian. And thereafter, you can have a new one drafted again and submitted to the Office of Public Guardian again. Okay. So in the event that your loved one loses his or her mental capacity and you're not sure if they've actually made an LPA or not, is there an easy way to check? Uh, yes, there is, in fact. Uh, so what you can do is you can actually go to the MSF website mm-hmm. to submit a search request on a particular person. You will need the full name, the IC number, and for a fee of $30, you can actually do a search. Mm. It should take approximately about a week also for them to get back to you as to whether an LPA has already been registered to this particular person. Well, very, very useful information, Noreliza. Thank you so much for sharing all that with us today. Thank you for having me. We've been speaking with family lawyer Noreliza Shahidin, director at FND Legal. Legal. This is Morning Shot. Stay with Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A W E D I O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.